Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. It's Tuesday, second show today. And uh, I just, I'm going to get right into it because you'll figure out, you'll figure out about my guest as a special guest, because if they're on here, they're special. And dude, uh, yeah, we were just talking. We should have been recording, but doesn't matter because this guy has a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to have him on here. Uh, the the weirdo hero is I that I mean yeah the weirdo hero man fucking ravenous Randy Myers man how you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on for your kind words off the hop. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I I was almost gonna say I'm not gonna do one, and then I sort of did one, and I'm trying to trying to stop doing an introduction. But you know, I was like, well, you know what? I just I gotta say it, man. You just want to uh, go right into conversation. Is that the plan? Yep. I just go right into conversation. So, um, yeah. So then it's kind of interesting because um, it's a lot of people right now that I don't know that I've never met and I'll get on for maybe 30 seconds before we start. And I just know I can say their name correctly because, you know, um, I know it sucks to have my my last name or my you know whatever name pronounced wrong and it's it's weird so I always try to make sure I can do that. For sure, um, yeah. The amount of times I've been called ravishing Randy, I couldn't yeah. even count. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and it's like such a minor thing. It's a silly nickname, right? But even that, I'm still like can really throw me off. And so if you're saying somebody's like birth name or how they identify or chosen to identify wrong, then oh, yeah. And just like, oh shit, okay, well, yeah. So just you know, I'll make sure I got that, and um, and then, yeah, then I just go, and so then that's as much as we, we know about each other, and then we just start, like I could say, okay, I'm gonna hit record and say their name, that's their introduction, because, you know, by the end you're gonna you're gonna know you're gonna know the guest, and so, you know, I'll let the, that introduction speak for themselves, and whatever whatever go. however it goes man and um so okay so we were talking about i'll just get into this part so we were talking about your new promotion that you have that is with the arts uh and is taking the darn world by storm and uh so can you tell me some about that? I guess, I guess, tell the people about this. I, I just got to hear it. So, but I wanted to know what it is and I want you to know. Sure. I'll lay it all out for you. So yeah, basically we've started boom pro wrestling in Vancouver here. We're on our it coming up as our sixth show. They've all been sold out so far. Uh, the idea behind it is kind of like, uh, for those who don't know me, I'm, been involved in wrestling for the last 22 years and I've also been involved in like theater as well like improv and sketch and stand-up for the last like eight to ten years and to trying to meld those two communities together uh, I've seen so many like parallels between the people I meet in all these avenues of performance art and just trying to kind of find trying to invite them into the professional wrestling I think professional wrestling can sometimes have those like Bricklies are things that turn people off, kind of make people feel not necessarily welcome or old pro wrestling would or some of the stereotypes of pro wrestling go that way. And so we just want to make a place where everybody feels invited 
and really show off the, the theatrical side with through like some longer term storytelling, some like maybe more elaborate entrances, um, kind of diving into like kind of personality traits or different things uh, that you don't normally see within professional wrestling, like uh, former President Abraham Lincoln performing on our shows or having a time machine, which Abraham Lincoln came out of, um, or having 60-year-old mothers involved in angles or having eight-year-old girls who are also the Archduchess of professional wrestling and are given all the respect in the world. So trying to bring that all into uh, a legion on Commercial Drive in Vancouver, BC, and, uh, and we've been successful so far. So that's kind of the elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's cool. And I'm I'm glad that you get to start it. Cause yeah, I've, I don't know. I've known you for, I don't know, thir 13, 14 years, probably yeah. something like that. And uh, yeah, man, uh, it's, you've, yeah, you've always been, you know, creative. You've been creative, like yeah, your first music that I heard from you. And I, I think was, I was like, okay, this guy's cool. Like, before you even walked out, um, you had the, it was the, it ended up being the, uh, the song from Orgasmo, the Now You're a Man, and uh, man, and dude, I don't know, I was, I was like, I'm going to go and say that shit, like, when he gets on the thing, I'm going to start, start going through it, because, like, man, it stuck with me, you had the, the three or four parts before it, the, totally, uh, I think we started with, um, it's salt and peppers. What a man in there. We had yeah. a bit of William Regal's real man's man. Uh, we had some of the uh, two and a half men theme song as well. So it was a medley of man songs to kind of like try and up the bravado that is professional wrestling and um, yeah. yeah, kind of a parody of all those things that you expect from a, from a masculine man. Yeah, dude. I mean, that was, yeah, it was fucking hilarious. And, uh, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, this is different, and this is this is gonna be good. And then, yeah, I watched. Uh, okay, well, okay, this is dumb because then, so uh, I was on the, you know, to toot your own horn, toot your horn here. That I was talking about my favorite match. Like I had a guy I was on this podcast sitting with Sean, and he said, "What's your favorite match?" Uh, I mean, that's like favorite match of anything. And I've seen a lot of matches, seen a lot of matches live. And I was like, man, dude, there was this uh, match with uh, Ravenous Randy Myers and uh, Mr. Smith, man. And I was just like, I don't know how the fuck I explain this, but dude, this is, it was the coolest thing I've seen. And I was just, had my mind blown. I was at, we was at the, uh, community center, the Russian community center there in Vancouver. And yeah, I remember just like, I think I was behind the curtain then or some somewhere near that. And I just remember watching, I was just fucking blown away the whole time. And um, yeah, so there's my favorite match if anyone needed to know. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, I, I'm curious about how you would describe it because it was a hard pitch to describe myself when I put it out there. It was a you're talking about the music match, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, the music match. So I, I would say it's uh, the the short of it. It's a match that has musical. 
there there are musical cues as well as it, the match goes to the music and yeah man that's a lot harder to fucking do than i thought it would be it was yeah no for sure like i said <laughs> the, i had to pitch this not only to the booker precise promoter but i also had to book it uh, pitch it to my uh opponent and then we met up uh, ahead of time and like i kind of laid out the songs that i was kind of thinking about using and and Mr. Smith gave me their feedback on what they wanted to use too, and like a couple different songs that were like fantastic cues as well. And then we basically put together the match as if it was like following, yeah, the cues of the music, which I don't know if I, I don't think I've never seen it done before. The idea for me came from just watching, like the idea of choreographing how much it's like choreographing a dance is like choreographing a match. And I was like, well, what if we, use those cues rather than giving each other the cues within the match. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it worked um, out really well and something I'd love to do again. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it's uh, definitely was a lot of fun. And again, not something people have seen before. I mean, have you seen any sense? I haven't seen any sense. No, I I've mean, seen if like it... music break out in the odd time. You know what I mean? We've seen maybe like Michael Jackson song break out in a match oh. or whatever. And they do like a choreographed sweet little spot. And any of yeah. those times where they can break the walls of reality and kind of make wrestling almost like the cartoon world or where like absolutely anything can happen. And that's what I love about wrestling is it feels like you walk in there knowing you're going to see a match, but you don't know exactly who's going to be involved in that match, how they're going to be presenting themselves that night, what kind of fun clothes they're going to wear or what kind of turn they're going to take. And uh, wrestling gives you the opportunity to do all those things. And sometimes I like to like, after doing it for 22 years, I like to like keep pushing <laughs> myself and to find new kind of corners. So I'd love to challenge anyone else out there to do that music match or to have a music match versus me. Cause I'd love to see more of that kind of avenue. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it's okay. If you guys haven't seen it, then you, you got to type in, I'll put a link in there or something uh, for it or, uh, yeah, I'll I'll have uh yeah that link or oh, I don't know I'll figure it out. You guys you guys can check it out. It's yeah, uh, ECCW, Ravnus Randy Myers versus Mister Smith, and it's it's all you gotta do. You can type it in and boom. There you um, go. Yeah. I like how you keep uh, saying yeah. boom. I think that's the second time you said it, which just feels like a little bit of a plug for my wrestling promotion. So I appreciate that. Uh wait. I, okay. I, that makes sense. Cause then I, cause what I do is I say, Oh, Miss Rusty. And that became a thing. I was, uh, yeah, I was doing these shows. Um, there's this site called whatnot and it's like oh, a, yeah. a live auction site. And so I'd go on there and I'd be selling clothes and t-shirts and stuff. And, uh, I'd be, I'd say that for some reason, I just started saying that and then, it just sort of stuck, I guess. And now I just like, all right, I'm going to say that at the beginning of everything. So hey, for sure, we, yeah. will take the we will take the free advertising. Yeah. So anytime you guys hear me say, boom, Miss Rusty, you can think of uh, Ravenous Randy Myers promotion, boom, wrestling. So boom, Miss Wrestling. <laughs> um, Amazing. So you, you did a yeah. lot of like online selling, didn't you? I did. Um, yeah. And it was, it was, I don't know, it was good for a while. It was uh, like, so when the pandemic hit, um, I mean, it was, 
really interesting because there was a lot of people that were, I mean, everyone was home. Mm. So it became, I don't know, it became just crazy. Uh, and at that time I was living in Minnesota. So um, you now I'd start getting all kinds of, I don't know. So I started out, this is going to sound terrible. Um, which is always a good thing to start right. with a story. Um, so I was watching these YouTube videos and they were talking about some of the things. Cause so I started watching this guy uh, who would dive through dumpsters and I, I thought it was, it was pretty interesting yeah. and uh, like behind uh, like GameStop or, you know, okay. uh, someplace like that, or like a, a big five or so. Um yeah, so then I started uh, looking on, you know, Craigslist, Facebook, and I saw that someone had uh, Harley Davidson stuff, and I knew that was one of the things that people like to buy. And I went over there, and she had a whole bunch of stuff, a whole and uh, yeah, it was a whole bunch of guy stuff, and it was like her husband, like they were riding, and he got got uh, hit by a semi. Oh, wow. And so she was giving away all his stuff, not giving away, but wanted to sell all his stuff. Um, that wasn't the reason I went out and got it. It just happened to be the story totally. of, of what happened. And uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, shit. And so I'm like, you know, anything you want to keep, please keep it. Like if there's anything that has, you know, extra that you're like second guessing about, you know, wanting to sell right now, do that. But otherwise, yeah, I'll take all of it and so i took all that and it just kind of started from there and um yeah like yeah then i was living down in uh spam town usa um yeah yep there was i lived right by the spam museum oh wow which is yeah it's huge our friend uh, Sid went and just toured there not long ago. Oh. He showed me the pictures of it, and he did like a cross uh, America tour or whatever. And that was one of the he was telling me all about it, and I kept asking him more questions about the Spam Museum because it just seemed so interesting to me. Yeah, it's uh, dude. I mean, it was wild, uh, and I couldn't. The whole town is crazy. It's um, like, I mean, yeah, everything's run by like half is Hormel, uh, half the town is just run by Hormel, and so. Wow. Yeah, um, and but I lived by the uh, the slaughterhouse. Okay. So, oh wow. Ugh. Yeah. So, um, and I've never had spam before in my life. Neither. And okay. So then, yeah, I, because I've always been kind of, you know, I don't know, man. That's you know, it's meat in a can, and totally. That, yeah, it wasn't something that I was into, and so like that was the smell that I would be smelling that I would associate with um with that uh, with spam and so i started smelling like the slaughterhouse so then i decide one day i'm gonna try spam and i go in and i get it's like three fried pieces at the local diner and man i got like through one and i got started eating the second one and i smelled that slaughterhouse and i was just like i'm that's it i'm done man there you go. i'm done with that and so that was that was it for spam but Man, I got a lot of spam stuff there. At the there was a um, a Salvation Army there in town, oh, and cool. so yeah. And being out there, there was a lot of garage sales. Um, 
it's and especially and so yeah it's like right on the the border of minnesota and iowa and um yeah dude i fell in love with iowa i was so close to like buying a place there um i loved it i loved iowa so much and so what was it about iowa man it was nothing nothing was around there it was just so um so different i don't know it, it was uh I don't know. I've just always been so used to being, you know, in the city and uh, just driving through nothing. I was like, I, I, why am I going to go to Iowa in my life? Like, what? why would I ever go to Iowa? And so, but yeah, um, I loved it. It was, it was such a cool spot. I even, one time I was driving and I, I fell asleep at the wheel and I woke up. And I was in a cornfield. And, wow. uh, and so I was like, well, you know what? If I fall asleep with the wheel, it's not that bad. Uh, so yeah, in the worst case scenario, you're going to end up with some like, yeah, death by corn, which I mean, yeah. it's like, at least yeah. it's an interesting way to go out. Yeah. So yeah, I was just like, I mean, I don't know. I, I woke up and like, it, I was just in the cornfield. Nothing happened unless I ended up on some alternate timeline, uh, which, you know, maybe... Maybe Quite possible. Yeah. You could have gone right through a portal into another, like, who knows? It could have been, yeah, Children of the Corn, uh, some sort of pumpkin head. I don't know. All sorts of creepy stuff does happen in corn mazes, you know? Yeah. A very creepy stuff happens in them. And, dude, yeah, man, it was, there's so much of it. There's so much corn in uh, in Iowa. It's not, it's not a myth, man. Um, but, yeah, they had garage sales all the time there. And there's stuff, like, I could get for... I mean, what I was getting up in um, Minnesota, uh, up in like near Minneapolis for, you know, $5 I'd get for like 50 cents or 75 cents or something like oh, that. Wow. So, okay, yeah. yeah, so stuff that was just really, fun. yeah, really great. Like it was weird, like stuff was so cheap, um, but yeah, uh, just, yeah, those towns just, yeah, I don't know, man, those little towns. I like the main street thing. I ended up like, that's how it was. We're in Austin, um, little main street. Like I, I don't know. I'm like, I always wanted to live on some sort of main street because anyone where I've lived never really has like a main street. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. So then, yeah, then I just, during that time I amassed a bunch of shit and then, um, and then it was like, oh shit, okay. Uh, I get the word that uh, I'm gonna be moving in like two months. And so I have at that time, I have a garage and, you know, taken over more and more of the apartment full of stuff to sell. So I try to sell as much as I can, but then end up having to put it in a moving truck to go uh, from, from there to Utah. Oh wow! And yeah, so that that was probably almost half the truck was just stuff I was selling. So yeah, I got there and uh, put it in a storage unit. It was like it's not going in the house. So oh, uh, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, so it went in the storage unit, and then yeah, ended up having opening a store there. I took it cool. and made it into a store and. Uh, sold all kinds of weird 
shit. Nice. Uh, weird old shit. And then, yeah, then I got, uh, I got to the point where I was like, okay, we're moving now away from Utah and the lease is up. So, um, you know, sell the shop and I wanted a certain amount of money. And that like, I got, I got asked, uh, you know, how much would it take to just, you know, sell everything. Um, and I set a number and uh, I asked for more than that, but I ended up getting that number. And so uh, I sold my, like, I sold it as a turnkey. Okay, business. yeah. So like, yeah, so so whoever, the guy that took over just, you know, had a shop ready to go and I walked out and yeah, then, you know, moved and came out here and now, yeah, now it's whatever. And I, I mean, it's, it's different, it's, it's definitely harder in the cities. Yeah, with there's sure. a lot a lot of people that are uh at the you know at the secondhand shop and uh yeah it's a lot tougher it's a lot tougher than you know the country cities um you're not gonna so, have those garage sales or be getting things for those same prices those like 50 10 25 cent prices or whatever those aren't popping yeah. up yeah the local yeah. places especially when they know what they have a little bit more or whatever they're not just trying to get rid of it yeah yeah and there yeah there's been a lot of a lot of that and so i've kind of i kind of backed away from it and yeah now i just i have some stuff but i can't i don't know i haven't got to a point where i'm like i want to go and try to sell it now yeah. so but yeah now i have stuff but uh you know that's a different thing i have too much stuff now like when i moved from oregon to minnesota i had what was in a like a small two-door car Okay. And that, yeah. that was it. That was everything I had. And um, man, it the cars was just keep getting bigger. Yeah. The cars just keep getting bigger. And I yeah, just, and then, then, yeah, then you got a truck and, um, yeah. and it's like, Oh shoot. Okay. I have a lot of stuff now. And so, you know, I'm trying to get back down. So it's been kind of nice. Um, yeah. So yeah. Doing, nice. doing more, more of this to kind of take the, the, you know, to a new a new thing to do a lot yeah no for sure to kind of like put your hamster on a new wheel or whatever and have something mm -hmm. kind of like i find i go from those kind of like one almost obsession to another obsession and i'm kind of always like finding the thing to kind of fill that spot and then trying to make it the most oh trying to do new things so i keep it keep myself interested in the thing and also but trying to make sure that those obsessions kind of lean up, line up with health healthy habits and stuff like that you know what i mean whether it be the gym or whether it be like um eating right or whatever trying to make sure that like my ocd brain can kind of be focused in the right directions yeah and i mean so and it yeah it can lead you to all kinds of I mean, because you've done, you've done, you said you've done a lot. You've done, I mean, everything. I mean, you, you yeah, you did whatever. You, I don't know. You said wrestling. Yep. Uh, you did stand up. You did improv. You did some sketch uh, comedy. Yeah. Sketch comedy. Yep. Um, so, I mean, where, where, I mean, does, I don't know if someone ever say like you you can do one of those. I mean, what what would you do if someone said you can do one of those things and uh, and that's it. That's and it. You, that's it. 
I mean, I've I've had I'm sure I, I don't know I've had people say that to me, you know, many times. It's like if you if you can do one thing, what would you do? I'm like, nope. I can I can the one thing I can do is put them all together. Yeah. Um, but that's I don't know. I I don't think I could pick one. I don't. I mean, what about you? Yeah. Well, like that's kind of what I think I'm trying to do with with what we're trying to do with the boom promotion is trying to have one avenue that is kind of like I can do some maybe some sketch there as well as like some you know tell some jokes in my promos and and do some um do some improv like wrestling to me is the culmination of those things like you, you know what i mean you've been involved in it you know that you can go in the back and plan i'm going to tell this joke in my promo and then there's a moment that all of a sudden we're a fan or somebody in the audience says something and you react to that and there's your improv section you yeah. know what i mean and then you're like well at this point you're going to cut me off in the middle of my promo and then that's your sketch moment <laughs> So it feels like kind of the culmination of that. So I guess it would be if it was I could do one thing and was able to do it forever would be wrestling, I guess, because it feels like it can be an umbrella for all of those other things that kind of scratch my itch for those things. And uh, but unfortunately, you can't necessarily always wrestle forever. Like your body's only uh, you've only got so many bumps in it. You only can do wrestling stuff for so long. So that's why it's, I'm happy to be planting my seeds in kind of other places because I think I might still have more I want to say after I'm out of the ring. So yeah. I would say right now it would be if, if I was only one, it would have to be wrestling. And that would be very hard for me to say goodbye to some of the other things that I've kind of uh, I feel like I'm kind of in a polyamorous relationship with these art forms. You know what I mean? One day I'm seeing yeah. wrestling and that's the, <laughs> uh, 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 the affection of all my affection goes to that. And then the next day it'll be stand up or whether I've got a sketch show coming up or whatever. So trying to do, um, I'm also involved in some dancing right now. So it feels like it went from nothing during the pandemic to all the things post pandemic. Yeah. I got to, got to catch up and exactly. get, um, yeah, get learning new things. And, um, yeah. So then, uh, I mean, are there other ones? Cause then like, even within your, when you're doing it, one of those other ones, if you're doing, um, like if you're doing the, a sketch one, yep. I mean, if you're doing that, I mean, are you still able to do almost the same stuff as you were doing in any of those two? Totally, for sure. Like I, I've been doing this a sketch called like Ralph a male, where it is just me cutting a, a wrestling promo. And it is basically me being this ultimate masculine man and cutting this, uh, yeah, just, it is just like a, the sketch is just me doing a promo. And it is just very much the air of wrestling. I have done other ones where I've like posed in dressed up like He-Man to the He-Man theme song and then handed out cupcakes halfway through the act. So it's still, it's very much Randy Myers, no matter what your venue you're seeing me in, you're just seeing kind of what I would do in that venue. So yeah, you're right. And I've done roast battles that I've had, that have ended in wrestling matches and had <laughs> powder thrown in my eyes and then low bloat hit with chairs at them. So yeah, exactly. Like, it, like I was saying, it's all, it's just as limited as your imagination. Any of these kind of creative endeavors, if they're wanting us to be creative, we have the opportunity to like break some molds and do something no one's ever seen before. Right. And um, I mean, there's nothing really better than that. There's, it's just, it's too, I don't know, because yeah, I mean, you can you can blow people's minds just by doing something, and and 
you know, any of those people that are, you know, in the audience, they're, they're in for a good time. They're in for, you know, some, some ride that you, you know, you got to take them on and. Um, exactly. And they might, and it can take them away from that kind of their day-to-day -day life and hopefully for a second, be able to like ease some of that stress of some of the not so great stuff that's going on or whatever, you know, take them away and take them yeah, on a yeah. magical journey. <laughs> it's so weird man uh like how much it can do and it's i don't know it's it's an interesting thing and i mean there's a lot of i mean wrestling there's a lot of interesting people that come and go and it's, it's a i don't know man it's it's pretty crazy but there there's certain people that uh i'm like okay i mean there's some people that you just like I don't know where 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 would I have met you otherwise? I mean, like how how would we have met uh, other than wrestling? I mean, it's just totally. so weird. I mean, but then it's like okay, it's like yeah, this is I this someone I can yeah like talk about whatever with just you know and um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. It's it's a, it's a weird place, man. It's a weird weird fucking. Weird fucking thing, man. Totally. It's a little cliche, but like to say it's the island of misfit toys, but that's so what it is. You know what I mean? Like you said, where yeah. we have met all these like like minded people, but let's be let's face it, a lot of us are a little too anxious to be necessarily social in other avenues. You know what I mean? Right. So we're able to be social in this avenue where we put on where we're able to be our freest version of ourselves, not necessarily even putting anything on, but we're able to take off some of the airs of standard society and then be the person that we, uh, we won't always wanted to be. Yeah. You know? And yeah, that, you know, uh, I mean, you got to be, so you were how old then when you started? 17, 17. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Oh, that's crazy. I mean, I, I wish I would have got to start when I was 17. I wish I would have had the the thought of just going, why can't I do this now? And um, yeah, so I mean, 17. So you're just like, okay, I'm this is what I'm doing. Totally. Well, it was like I got I was always like involved in like drama and school and stuff like that, like uh, both drama like, in, the, in the classroom and out of the classroom. But then at <laughs> one point I got to uh, like the final it was like drama in grade 11 those dramas crashed over and I ended up getting kicked out of drama class. And that was where a lot of my attention and my uh, focus towards the arts was. Um, so then when I got kicked out of that, I came home and told my mom that uh, she's like, well, now, like, kind of, what are you going to do with your life? You know? And I started, I want to rock. Exactly. I want to rock. rock. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, at that point I'd seen the commercials for the wrestling camp and I knew there was a local improv company in town as well. So I went to the improv school and everyone was in their late thirties. And then I went to the wrestling school and everyone was like 15, 16. And I was like, okay, so I could pro I couldn't, I could, I could do improv till I was 30 and then start wrestling. That seems like it'd be a challenge, especially for someone who wasn't athletic. But if I could do wrestling till I was like in my thirties and then go into doing improv, it felt like that was kind of a possibility. So I kind of yeah. like, okay, so I'll dedicate myself to this, which was hard being a kid who had like many aspirations and many ADDs. 
uh, to go along with them. So wanting to do all these different things, but knew that if I wanted to be a wrestler, uh, it was going to take all my attention. Cause so it really, it helped me and grounded me and made me like have this one drive and this one focus. So I was fortunate enough to be, like I say, from Calgary. So there were these opportunities for people to start wrestling when they were young. Like I, it, at the time, it was the only wrestling school for kids in the world, let alone. So like there wasn't these opportunities for everybody. And I was able to kind of seize that moment. And it, it was able to give me a, like a path. So yeah, I don't blame anyone who didn't get into wrestling late till later or whatever, because it's not something that's exactly told how to get into. It's not an easy thing that like everyone knows you're not taught in school how to find a wrestling school you know what i mean or like yeah. how to apply for a wrestling school after and your teacher because your teacher doesn't want you to become a wrestler and your parents don't want you to become a wrestler so they're not leading you towards that they're hiding it uh, but yeah so i'm sorry when i was 17 and it gave me uh, that focus so it's been a great what? ride since then too yeah well what was the commercial like do you remember the commercial mm -hmm. so it was, for was it was in between stampede wrestling they brought back Stampede Wrestling in 1999. And those were like the first independent shows I ever went to and kind of was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and the commercial was Teddy Hart uh, in the ring. And he was saying that his students were so good that he could teach you to do a backflip, a backflip off the top rope to a DDT within weeks. And it was then showing like uh, young kids doing these moves and doing backflips and doing like top rope DDTs and all this like wild stuff. And it was like, yeah, it was on my local uh, access channel or whatever. So it was like this like kind of kind of cheesy commercial. But it was like, I remember the I used to go to punk shows when I was like a young teenager. And the gym where these commercials were being filmed at was right across the street from the old venue I used to go to. So I totally knew that Whoa. area town. I knew exactly the gym it was. So I was like, okay, so uh, I think I'd even been yelled at by the owner of the gym, Ted's dad, a couple of times when I was a young punk for probably being drunk on his leaning up against his fence or something like that so yeah so it was like i <laughs> oh, knew what it was and it was that commercial kind of hooked me and then went down there and like i i was they were so athletic and so incredible and i was so unathletic and so like bambi on the ice that i was like if i'm gonna have to try really hard to and it was the first thing that i ever tried you know, my whole life, I didn't really try it anything when I was in school. School was hard for me to yeah. try. I picked up a guitar a couple of times, didn't bother sticking with that. You know what I mean? Kind of was at that age where like you've got all these aspirations and I'm going to do this and that, but never stuck to anything. And wrestling was the thing that I stuck with and it taught me a lot of like discipline and yeah, got me where I am today. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, there's not a lot that, I mean, what did school? Really, I do. I mean, where's where that put for wrestling? Like, you're going to become a professional wrestler, and that's what you're thinking. Like, you know, what's what is school for? Totally. I mean, like, and I'm not saying you shouldn't like be as well educated and as well rounded as you can be, right. obviously. But like, yeah, it was hard. And then I remember I got actually like I was a little hellion. I remember getting kicked out of school, like expelled from school for having a wrestling match in the hallways and being dangerous. And, um, and then years later, 
I got brought back to that very same school to do a fundraiser, <laughs> or a wrestling show and performed in the gymnasium and then had the students and the teachers all cheering for me. And I'm like, you kicked me out of this school for wrestling and now you're bringing me back in to wrestle. So I kind of felt like I won that one, some vindication or validation or some D word. Did you get to cut that promo? No, I didn't actually, I didn't. Cause I was like, yeah, I was still like pretty new into wrestling. So didn't want to like overstep my bounds, but yeah, it was, it was going on in my head the whole time. And I did run into like uh, one of the teachers who, or uh, assistant principal who had kicked me out and like, like oh, it's great to see you. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, you remember who I am? Yeah, exactly. Like, you, maybe they do. I mean, I, yeah. But uh, yeah, dude. So then you're, I don't know. So you're, you're doing that. I don't, I assume you've had a lot of questions uh, kind of around that. So like, I try to go around some of these questions because i figure on some podcasts you probably had some okay. of these you know questions so um but so then okay so you did also do the which i just recently found on the internet and i've been looking for for like 10 10 11 years was the uh the the world of hurt mm, yeah i i caught that um yeah man that was it, it was i don't know because yeah i watched both like i don't know i've been wanting to watch them for a long time and it was just one of those things like i don't i could never find it i had it's no super hard to find to track down but like those who don't know it's like a world of heart was a canadian wrestling uh reality show that the first season had lance storm as the coach and i was on the second season that had uh, roddy piper as the coach and yeah, it was aired on like a cable channel in Canada that you had to get like a special service to get. And I think the only other thing they aired on there was like race cars, like, like oh. car racing. So yeah. like, I remember we ordered it just so we could watch the show that I was on or whatever, but nothing else ever on that channel. So yeah, it's very hard to track down. So I'm impressed that you were able to find it. Yeah. I, I mean, it took years. It took years. And I, I'd search every once in a while, you know, always go back and like, I'm going to find it one day. And yeah um yeah finally did so it was it was interesting um just so i mean i don't know because i mean yes how did you get uh approached i guess or did oh, you yeah. approach them okay so the first season happened and i was at that point like we've all gone through different stages in our in our careers and stuff like that i was feeling a little bit put out because the first season they didn't ask me to be on the show it was focused mostly around Lat Storm School, which had happened, which was from Calgary, and had kind of like taken over. Like Lat started his school after the dungeon had closed, which was great because he filled that void that like Calgary always had, like this prestigious wrestling school. And then yeah. the, heart, the dungeon was gone. And then luckily enough, we were able to have somebody like Lance, who has all this prestige built into his name, to start up at his own school. So basically, the show was built around his school and the wrestlers that he was building up within it. And they had it being filmed at one of our local wrestling shows that I was kind of like one of the local stars of. And I wasn't on this show, on this World of Hurt show, but I was on the wrestling card. So uh -huh. I was a little bit pissy that they were like, they wanted footage of all the non Lance Storm guys putting together the ring so that they could show like, this is like the, like how many people it takes to put oh. on a show. 
and I felt like I'm not I'm not ring crew. How dare you like not let me be the star that I am? Don't you know who I am? Blah blah blah. I trained in the dead 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 and was like a, a jerk and a douche. And I told them like if you want to use footage of me setting up the ring, put one of those sweet blue dots over my face, or like blur out my face like I'm some <laughs> wanted criminal. And they're like, do you have any idea how much that costs? And I'm like, I don't care how much it costs because I'm not making this show. Uh, <laughs> so I was a real dick. And then I was like, okay, so it was totally an ass. Then year later comes around and I get an email uh, about do, participating in the second season. And at first I thought it was a bit of a rib because I was not nice to them. And I admit that I was totally in the wrong. Um, and they sent me this email and then they told, I'm like, kind of asked, I'm like, can you mind if I, ask why you and they're like we just loved how much energy you brought and the personality you had and i'm like oh then i realized this is a reality show they're casting for they want douchebags they want <laughs> pieces of crap and so i'm like oh you're not casting me because you like me you're actually i think casting me because you don't like me and you think i'll make for good tv <laughs> um so i took the opportunity uh the pay wasn't great uh but i like looked at the, what they were willing to pay me. I looked, I did like the math per hour. I'm like, well, that's not worth it. much of anything. It was like, like the Napoleon dynamite. Like, that's like a dollar an hour. It was like exactly that or something. And then I'm like, but how much would you pay for the opportunity to train with Roddy Piper for three weeks? Well, and now I'm getting paid for this opportunity. So I slapped myself in the face and realized like, Pulled my ego out of my ass and uh, and then realized that, yeah, I want this opportunity. So got to do three weeks with Piper, which was incredible that it culminated with his show. We got one on one time coaching time with him and he's always been someone I've idolized. So he's like one of my like Mount Rushmore would be Piper would definitely be up there. So to get to interact with him and to have him be everything I ever wanted him to be was like so fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, so uh at least in the show i mean the show looked like he took you know quite a liking to you and uh i mean so you probably had some you know a lot of time to be able to you know pick his brain about whatever and so i mean what's what's something that like what's one uh one wrestling thing like that you kind of got out and what's one kind of like rest of the world kind of thing. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, well, I think I went in there with like a very, um, I, I went in there with a very choreographed promo. This line led to this line. This one led to that one. It was very like word for word. I knew it like the back of my hand. Uh, I went in there, I delivered it to him. He said he liked the promo, but then, he, he could see that it was hollow. And so he had me kind of speak from the heart. And then man, that kind of made me realize like, oh, my kind of the things that I'm trying to hide from this world, me trying to be the man, 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 like this like super bravado man and hiding kind of my sensitive side or where my vulnerable side was kind of only showing half of my, my deck or like only kind of showing half the coin. So tapping into that, could kind of take me to that, that those more vulnerable emotions and not trying to always play masculine or something that I'm not and uh, trying to lie um, would bring more well-roundedness to my character. So I think he helped me tap into that. 
Uh, so that would be the wrestling thing I would say. And then he like had some great, like he is a very wild, fantastic brain that I think was moving a lot, which is similar to um, how my ADHD kind of affects me. So he was like, taught us some breathing techniques and some focus techniques that were really cool. Just simply like, wow. you know, counting down your breath, uh, like breathing in for five seconds, holding it for five seconds, releasing for five seconds, doing that five times. Um, he would use this technique of like oh. snapping in his ear to make himself more present, which to this day, when I feel like I'm things are moving too fast, I'll find myself doing kind of can bring me into the now. So it was like that kind of stuff that I saw from him where we were like kindred spirits. I've always felt, like I said, a connection to him long before we met. And then seeing how his brain kind of worked and how some of those techniques could I could use for myself and just how kind he was to everyone. Yeah, it was, he was a maniac, a wild, crazy huh. beer, smash a beer bottle on his face, maniac, but how that didn't stop him from being a sweetheart and kind to people and genuine and sincere and how you could be again both of those sides where i think wrestling a lot of the time we show one side of the coin where this wild crazy over the top blah 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 monster but there's also that sincere sweetheart side and he had both of those yeah it was um i don't know man that, that was one of those ones where just talking with him and it, like when i talk with him it would be um like i'm like okay well i i guess i'm done talking to him but then he still is talking and i'm like oh, cool okay well like this is weird but like yeah it was just so so nice man it was i don't know like and i didn't i didn't know him like yeah, right. it was just yeah just yeah seemed like a nice guy and uh it was yeah it was weird because it was yeah i'd see him around like he used to go get his haircut uh, where my mom got her haircut in the oh. like early 90s. So it would be really weird. Like, because so and where where he lived, it was probably like 40, 45 minute drive too. like he, he drove out there out to the suburbs. man, wow. And yeah, <laughs> and he had like a, a red Corvette with the license plate uh, Roddy on the back or it was rowdy rowdy or rowdy I, I don't remember exactly but i mean like it was pretty cool i was like okay here he is just like going out here to get his haircut then like i i start looking at him during that time and seeing like his haircut and i'm like man okay you, it was like it kind of looked like the people that would be like at the, um you know at the the salon with my mom and it i was, was gonna say did he have a matching haircut to your mom it was it was close it was close. <laughs> it was i was like wow that's fucking it was crazy but um piper's hair is honestly one of the things before i met him that was like i kind of like set into the universe i was like if i can have hair like piper at his age like he had some of the greatest hair of all time and like still youthful hair as an older man and i'm like how does yeah it's possible <laughs> And maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some techniques in that salon that he went to. So 45 minute drive is probably worth it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if it's that good, man, it's, uh, yeah, he really did have nice hair. Um, wow. Um, but so then, um, what, what about in the, what about in the ring? Like what was one, one part that 
he kind of kind of you left with that he was I would say one like, thing or like or Steven saw sorry I would say like being able to fluctuate between um I would say more of an acting tips than kind of um than like straight wrestling tips you know what I mean but being able to go from like this emotion to that emotion and to um, how to emote kind of a fuller story in a more well-rounded character than just being like all soft all on the cell as we would call it you know what i mean or all on like the offense you know what i mean so it's kind of the grays in between those areas and kind of like painting with all the colors of uh the crayola box rather than just you know one or two yeah and, and i mean you're a heel you can still show some of the colors that a face would show and even if you're a face you can show some of the emotions that a heel would show and just the timing of those places kind of slightly different but you can bring out the same emotions. So kind of like those nuances that I hadn't really uh, focused on up to that point in my career. Yeah. Uh, and then you ended up with him again in Portland. Was there any during the, uh, the uncut, Portland, the Portland wrestling, wrestling yeah. uncut, and you were there again. And so, I mean, he remembered you. Um, and so, I mean, did it, what, what kind of went in there when uh, you were doing that? I mean, what was kind of the, did like he come in knowing what, what he wanted to do with you? Like what he wanted to show that, that, that he had a show. I don't, cause I don't know how much creative control he had on, on either show. I don't know how much she had, but like when he brought you in, what was he trying to, or, you know, get get across about you or you know to showcase you what was do you know what he was trying to was it do you have something in mind or yeah i think like when i'm not even sure he knew i was going to be there to be 100 percent honest like i felt i think i was brought in by another uh owner like of the company oh okay and, and like so when i went in um i felt like i was a little bit nervous like i hadn't seen him in a while and like he's even remember me we obviously had a good bond a world hurt but he's met so many people and he's so he bonds with everybody it seems like you know what i mean so i'm like he's gonna remember me and then as soon as and i and i never thought i was gonna see him again so kind of or would i ever see this person again you know what i mean that i struck this bond up with and then as soon as he saw me it was like he expected so maybe he didn't know i was coming because it was like he expected to see me there and was just like i was like he'd see me it was like he treated me like he'd see me yesterday um which was very oh. uh, much inviting and kind of uh, like i was supposed to be there i think what he wanted to showcase off was my willingness to like um i my like my wildness for lack of a better term or like my unique quirkiness and kind of like my mannerisms and how i kind of carry myself in a different way and kind of uh, march to my own drummer, as it were. Uh, and I think he wanted to showcase that. I think that was something he found intriguing within World of Hurt. And then was something he kind of wanted to dive more into into Portland Wrestling Uncut. Yeah, it's, uh, it would have been interesting had it gone on longer. I mean, to be able to see like what kind of- Totally. What, what kind of story you two could have come up with to be able to tell for um, sure, like that uh, last episode, we like the ring, our the ring fell apart. It broke, yeah. The it whole broke, th yeah. thing broke. Uh, I was just like, shit. Like I, I went out to go, um, 
I think I went over to go walk over to 7-Eleven. And I, I come back and they're like, the ring's broken. Yeah, and like broken, broken. I've been at shows what? where the ring's broken and fixable, but this was like broken and like beyond repair. And we had the filming in like whatever, however long we had to film TV that day. We had that episode that we had to put out. So like the meeting beforehand, I remember Piper getting us all together and like kind of filming this meeting or of like kind of like, or like, what are we going to do? How are we going to have a wrestling show without a wrestling ring? So we ended up putting together, like Piper ended up writing together this weird story that involved the full wrestling show. Full, like I think it was half hour to an hour wrestling show that didn't involve any matches. There's some street fights, I think, maybe in the parking lot. I remember I got kidnapped and thrown into the trunk of a car. I remember Piper's son got hit by a car. So we, yeah, he like, and we're in the parking lot and Piper's idea to have his son get hit by this car and his son's all for it. And we're hitting him twice and he does it the first time and Piper's not like, he's like, you can take a better bump than that. So then he's getting instructing for his son to get hit by a car a second time. And yeah, oh, only wrestling, only yeah. in wrestling. Only in wrestling can you tell your your kid that uh, take a better bump getting hit by the car, man. Exactly, yeah, like... what are you doing? No one's gonna believe that. Yeah, that's fucking great, man. Um, and so, I mean, and then, yeah, I mean, you've gotten to evolve a, a bunch. And um, I mean, you're not, like, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, from where you were to where you are now, um, and you've got to, you know, keep on evolving and new, you know, learning new styles and, you know, not being afraid to try something new like the, uh, it just, you know, for instance, with the 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 match, the yeah. the musical musical chairs match, you said. Sure, let's call it that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I like that um, a lot, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, yeah. So then that, and then because then you had your movie then as well, the uh, the weirdo hero movie. Yeah. Um, which was which was cool. That was that was cool to to kind of watch that, and so. Because you had that idea for a little bit, um, and yeah, it was cool. Like when kind of seeing that come together, and then um, and yeah, I mean, I, I liked I liked how that worked, and I mean, it was something different that you got to do, and you had um, you had a whole promotion too, like that you're able to to work with, which makes it kind of even cooler. Uh, and then, yeah, get to be able to, I mean, yeah, it's, it, you know, to put it all together and then it's like kind of wrestling, it's part of wrestling, but it's wrestling, you know, making a, a movie. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, we got to like use the dad, like all of the keys that are part of wrestling and then some of the tricks and camera work through uh, movie making as well. Right. And, uh, yeah. and tell a different story, get to tell a story about. Um, it's it's on YouTube for those listening. It's uh, the Weirdo Hero web series, and it's like a story about a local wrestler who finally gets his big championship win, and then thinks that this is going to cure all of his ails in his life, and that he's still just as depressed the day after he wakes up with the championship as he was the day before. Um, and so, kind of like the what it what goes behind being a local um, entertainer and performer and stuff like that, and how the highs can look so high, and they are so high. But then when you wake up the next day and you got to go to your 
your day job. It's kind of can be like almost forced bipolar, it feels like to a certain degree where it's like you get these highs and then the next day you get, you have these lows that are like, can feel a lot lower because you just had the adrenaline and all the dopamines the night before coursing through your veins. And now today <laughs> you're like, you're lucky if you can get a little bit of caffeine and, uh, you know, go coursing through your veins. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a big one. It's a big drop and it's, I mean, it can get hard that next day for sure. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah I don't know. Oh, yeah, going back from from there, and I mean, it was. It's a, yeah, I don't know. And it's again something I'd never seen someone really be able to kind of go that direction with with a, a movie and. Um, yeah, and not really ever since, but um, yeah. You've got a cartoon that's... rabbit in it too, right? So, I mean, we've got a cartoon right. rabbit, a goal crossed off my lifelong list of being a Roger Rabbit fan since I was six years old or whatever. So, yeah. What what was it about Roger Rabbit that... I think it's the, like, I think it's the thing we we like kind of talking about within wrestling of the cartoon, being able to make like that crossover between... Um, reality and like surrealism almost you know what i mean where like uh and how that one you could see real life actors crossing over with the cartoon characters and living in that kind of a world and that's always kind of life can be so boring especially if we're just human beings all the time living in this version of reality you know what i mean so it's kind of fun to cross over and so i think that struck a chord with me when i was young and so when they pitched the idea, one of the uh, creators of the film or the other writers pitched the idea of maybe having a, a cartoon be my inner demons. Uh, I was like, this is fantastic. And the fact that we were able to get it pulled up, pull it off on like a micro budget and stuff like that is still like a feat to this day. Yeah. And so then you're, you're just like, I want a bunny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, or a rabbit or, you know, it's like... well, also kind of like a crossover day it just feels like, um, like to Harvey and all those kind of things in the past that have kind of been like uh, like imaginary rabbits or kind of like yeah it felt like it was it felt like it was the way to go a nice little nod yeah and then um, was it so then uh, with that then are you having more like wanting to go back to that at all are you wanting like not to the the movie but to like a different different kind of movie making experience or, you know, so, I mean, cause you are like taking any of the, the shows that you're doing. And I mean, you know, I don't know how, what, however you do it. What, yeah, if no, it would I think be... it's, they, like, there's no, like I said, your imaginations, your kind of like your limitations. Right. So, I think we could do anything and I'd love to see what we could do with boom or maybe even some stuff within like defy wrestling or something like that, where we could kind of like up the theatrics or try and do some movie making alongside the wrestling, or I even got a couple shorts in my head that I'd like to work on and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'd love to try my hand at all kind of avenues of things. Just have to remember to kind of bite size pieces. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so then, man, it's, yeah, it's a good way to do it. It helps out being able to, 
switch when you need to switch when you gotta when you gotta switch to something new totally you know having that there ready to go for when it's time to go um and so okay um so when you are right like before before your match what what are you doing the 30 seconds to a minute before okay well normally i'll like so i'll do some stretching or whatever probably like a couple pop out a couple squats uh tell myself i can do this little motivational speech you know what i mean kind of try and ground myself for a second and then the opposite as soon as my music hits i'm backstage like kind of listening to those couple bars that hit before i burst through the curtain and then letting those kind of absorb into me like letting those kind of dictate almost possess me and like control my mannerisms from that point on um i don't normally like plan my entrances or whatever and they're all just me kind of wiggling my body and i just kind of like let the song like i say possess me and kind of take over and it's i'm kind of the puppet for it and so i need that like kind of couple seconds beforehand to kind of like feel the beat kind of come into me so i'd say that's what you're going to see me doing beforehand is that what about with promos then is it kind of the same with with promos yeah, I would Get say like up. normally trying to remember maybe what I'm gonna like try to say kind of thing. And then, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like kind of have that moment of like grounding and then having that moment of like shaking all that off and then like being kind of in the uh, in the like artistic moment is like cheesy as that might be to say. Yeah. Oh, um. Cool. Uh, then, I don't know, man, that's, it's, uh, there was one more thing that I was going to ask about with that. Um, Cause you've been like, I don't know. I haven't been following too much of anything like at all for a while, but then, uh, so then I finish up, I, I watched that match, your match that we talked about the, oh, well, I'll call it the musical chairs match uh, before, before the, show started and uh but then it went to the suggested videos and then uh it had like the device stuff and i was just like holy shit man like they, they've they've uh done stuff with you there that's been you know pretty fucking unreal like if if it would be like who i i, I wouldn't know it but it would be who i'd want to you know have you see wrestle um, and they've they've kind of do, done a pretty good job with that. And uh, they've, done a, they've been very like been like very much had my back since I started working with them. And like I've known Matt Farmer for like I knew him for a couple of years before Defy. We've done like we did a t one tour together. Kind of I met him. Oh. Uh, picked him up on the side of the road uh, in my van. I was a wrestler who was willing to drive. Uh, and do the driving and so I got uh, got on this show and it was with Santiago and uh, and I never met Farmer before picked him up first on the side of the road and we spent the next four days touring around on a couple shows uh, with the nasty boys so yeah it was, it was a little it was wild and like bonded there and then so I started running shows in Seattle and like just went down to kind of support and Next thing you know, he's kind of talking to me about maybe doing one of the shows. And then the audience was what the Defy audience and the Defiance is, and like one of the best damn audiences in professional wrestling history. 
and they've kind of, uh, we've got a bit of a crush on each other, to say the least. Um, oh. And um, from there, yeah, it's Perfect. just really grown and kind of something I didn't see happening. You never know, like, what's going to happen. You can kind of be like, I've gotten everything you're going to get or whatever, or like, I've reached my crescendo or my pinnacle in wrestling or whatever. And then you just keep going and you never know what's possible. Like some of these matches I've had were people that I never thought I'd always dreamed about, but never thought I would necessarily get in the ring with. And some of these opportunities yeah. and some of the stories I've been able to tell with them have been things I always wanted to, but I said, were like kind of like dreams and things where I was like, okay, well, if, if that never happens, I've still had a great wrestling career. And, but then the pie kind of pops up and it's given me these, opportunities i'm going to seize the fucking day yeah and then yeah you get to you know bring your the weirdo hero you know more and more and more out and yeah. you know be able to showcase it with more people um and i mean yeah i mean it looks like it's done pretty pretty darn well and uh and yeah it's cool man it's cool seeing that i I had no clue, and so um, that's great. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I haven't, yeah, kept up on anything. Like e everything's been like the last three years. I have no, no fucking clue what's going on with hardly anything besides, uh, like, uh, so when I'm online, I see I have a page that like has all the local shit that's for sale. Um, is what I see. Okay. And also, um, I have a group that I'm in that's about uh, it's a Mike Judge group, and it's just, oh, cool. uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my internet, uh, my you know, like my social media right there. That's as much as I really see. So it's so um, interesting how we can all have these like uh, different versions of our own reality. You know what I mean? We can all be like living in these different realities at the same time because we're only in this part of it, and we can have part of our world that was like wrestling for you and the and and then that's just you're no longer in that world like i yeah doing improv stuff anymore and that world's still continuing on but without me and it's yeah, yeah. it's interesting how we can kind of skip around the universes and the dimensions that are on this planet right yeah because yeah i mean uh i i'm uh i've gone and yeah done stuff i do a little bit now a little bit i haven't I, I, you know, thought I was going to be done, but, you know, it didn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, then, yeah, got to do stuff in Minnesota, which was cool. Um, yeah. Uh, it was like pretty neat. Like, so that, like, the first thing that I started talking to a guy about was, uh, was Buddy Rose. And so, like, we, we I got to share stories about, like, that I heard, and then they were telling stories of him back when he was, you know, way younger than that. And so it was, it was interesting to hear that. But I mean, it's, it's cool. Yeah, going there. And then I was down in Utah and did some down there. And then now, yeah, I'm out in Connecticut and doing stuff out here. And like, it's, it's weird. I mean, like anywhere you go, you can, I mean, wrestling, it's, it's a, it's a weird place, man. It's it is. It's, there's there's nothing like it everywhere for sure. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's like I, I, cause I haven't seen you for 
probably five years at least, at least or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, because it's, it's weird, man. And then it's just like, okay, well, yeah. I'm like, I, dude, I don't know why I haven't had you on here, but um, yeah, dude, it's been, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, it's, it's cool. And I'm, I'm glad we get to talk because, you know, we're on we're on the opposite sides of the you're not even in my country nope. you're in a you're in another country on yeah. the other side of the continent and like i'm i'm happy that that we get to talk and that you know that we can do this so and sure. this is a shirt that was your idea this is the last time i'm gonna wear this shirt but this was your oh idea my God. amazing yeah, yeah. the purple yep. rain fired yep dude which uh if you ever go there if you ever go, if you ever, for some reason, want to go to Minnesota, don't know. But Paisley Park, uh, where Prince lived and did his recording and stuff, um, that place is unreal. Sounds it's good. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, <laughs> he can record anywhere in the house. Like, if, like he could cool. be in, in, in the bathroom and just like he had everything wired so he could, you know, uh, just record. So, yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah, washing his face and come up with something. I mean, uh, yeah, just to, like always be going on on having some new thing to be thinking about, and uh, that's you know you that's you too, and you know you get to just always have some. So um, then, do you have something you write in? Do you uh, do you have like a, a notebook or a, a legal pad or? Do you have right on your phone? If you have some idea that comes up, what, where's that go? Whatever's closest. So a lot of the time it will be my phone, but I do have like uh, I do have drawing pads and notepads beside me at all times. And uh, I have a workout journal that ends up being full of a lot of ridiculous ideas as well. It's like half the reps I've done that day. And then half all the fantasies I want to create, you know? So like, yeah, all over the place. So yeah. And I've just started using a whiteboard that's kind of, to try and like be a little bit more organized and stuff oh. like that. Yeah. So trying to be a little more professional and get those thoughts out in not the most scribbled on the back of a napkin way. Yeah. So now they'll be scribbled on a, on a big whiteboard. Exactly. Or have yeah. napkins that have scribbles on them, uh, magnetized to the whiteboard. <laughs> that could probably be, yeah, more so that you get those and just, yeah, start bringing them back and, Cause it's the whole thing, you know, having, I don't know, have, having that little part of the, you know, page of the journal or the whatever and putting it up there, like it has, like if you wrote it in that, it has a different, different feel than if you sure. wrote it on, on the, uh, on the whiteboard, like when you write something on the whiteboard, that's where, that's where the idea is. That's like where everything is with it um like it's you know it's an energy or whatever everything's all right the, there the original and, energy is in the original scribble i totally know yeah. what you mean. and you know i i feel weird if i have to uh you know get something out of my notebook like i feel like this like it can it can be there but you know i'd have to do something feel like i'd have to like throw that page up on there with it and be like yeah, okay yeah. There's for the reference sake, for referencing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, dude, it's it's a whole thing. But um, yes. so, 
where are people going to find you all over? What do you want? What do you want people to find you? Where? I want people to. I want people to look at Boom Wrestling. You can look up Boom Wrestling for sure and see when our next shows are. We're going to be doing releasing more stuff online, so people who aren't in the Vancouver area can kind of still take in the magic. Um, you can find the Weirdo Hero web series on YouTube. Um, again, it's a, like seven years old now, but I still think it has some good beats that like kind of hit home no matter what year the year is. That music match is also on there. Uh, the musical chairs match. Uh, you can find me at the weirdo hero on Instagram or at ravenous Randy Myers on Twitter. Um, I'm not on there much, but you can definitely come check those out. I try and hype up most of my wrestling shows or comedy performances on my Instagram. So come check that out. And uh, yeah, that's what I would say. You can come find me. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. I'm happy we got to talk and Thank you so yeah. much, man. It was great. Yeah, man. Um, cool. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I didn't sure. even look over there this time, man. I usually have, thank you for listening. Yeah, it's <laughs> whoever they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're two, they're two my right. Yeah. Um, we, we have, I'm set all on one side to make it look like it's more full. But um, perfect. Yeah, it's kind of a light crowd tonight. So um, <laughs> at least here. So um yeah thanks everyone and uh that is the show man Bye.